0: some of the members of the church were being influenced by false teachers or prophets who were teaching doctrine that was not consistent with the Christian faith. And if you're going to know whether something is consistent with the Christian faith, you're going to have to know what the Christian faith is. In order to know something is counterfeit, you're going to have to know what's real. When you work for the treasury department and you work in the counterfeits department, the, when they start training you, they don't start out with counterfeit money. They start out with real money. I wanted to know what real money is. Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to the bank and, uh, with our receipts from the church. And uh, the lady says, hold on, this $10 is counterfeit. I said, no, not in the offering. I said how did you know because I'm looking at it uh, I can't tell it was pretty good counterfeit when I felt it I knew because she handles real money all day give me that $10 back she said no I can't give it to you I got to take it out of circulation I said oh my goodness I was going to go get a haircut (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry (laughs) the barber's over there Okay, never mind (laughs) well praise God hallelujah But in order to know something is counterfeit, you have to know what is real. One of the problems today in the church, and many of us don't know what is real, authentic doctrine of the Christian church. had a friend of mine told me, you know, I'm Muslim and Christian. I didn't even discuss it with him. I said, all right, see if that'll work for you. John addressed this issue because people were being deceived By the teaching and drawn off course. He begins by saying to the beloved, do not believe every spirit. Now notice what he he calls this teaching. He didn't say don't believe every teacher. He said do not believe every spirit. Because he recognizes that the motivation for our teaching is spirit driven. If you're teaching the gospel, it is driven by the Holy Spirit. If you're teaching false doctrine, it's driven by demonic spirit. So he said, don't believe every spirit. In fact, he says, don't continue to listen to those spirits. Stop believing every spirit, which means that some of you already started believing it stop believing every spirit and usually when somebody come with the false teaching it's going to be a little easier to function under that teaching than it is on the truth see it's easier to make something counterfeit than it is to make the real thing that's why they make it counterfeit because the real is hard so they're going to always tell you a little something that's going to be easier than what it would be if you had to do the true thing you don't have to tithe in the church no, well, you don't have to. But they'll say, you come over here, you don't have to tithe. There was somebody preaching against tithing one time. And I said, I, I want to go to that church, see if they take any kind of offering. They just get it another way. Come on, we're going to get a supernatural anointing. We, we got the prosperity anointing right here. We're going to bless you, God's going to bless you seven, 77 ways and 77 days. Come on, we need 77 people with $77. dollars uh-uh. <laughs> You come out better tithing. So he refers to the spirit. These spirits are human beings being actuated either by demons or the Holy Spirit. In this case, there would be teachers and pastors and evangelists who circulated among the local churches. And the exhortation that he's given for us is to try or examine or to test. These individuals to see whether they are from God. Now if you really pay attention, you can hear all kinds of preaching and teaching from all of the places that I talked about earlier, whether it's radio or television or internet or whatever. And if you're not careful, you'll start receiving without filtering and testing what has been said by the word of God. You know, so you got to take what you hear, but if you don't know the word of God, you just think, that sounds really good. Because there, there are so many wonderful, uh, nice sounding cliches that you would think is scripture. Because people use them so much and you think, yeah, that's right. And you start repeating it as if God said it. Oh, yes, yes. When the praises go up, the blessing come down, the Bible says. The Bible don't say that. But people will start talking about that. And well, that may happen, but the Bible don't say it. You take one step, he'll take two. The Bible don't say that either. Cleanliness is next to godliness. It don't say that either. People will start saying things and you'll just start grabbing a hold to it. At every level, there's another devil. I said, every level, there's another devil. Hmm. What level are you on? And what devil are you facing? people build doctrines on certain things and after a while you're following that one while back somebody was telling us uh, uh, well you got to go behind the veil i'm thinking we got to go behind no veil the veil has been torn somebody came to the church pastor we, we got to go behind the veil i ain't going behind no veil you go on. <laughs> you hear somebody and they're and they will trying to make a doctrine out of something and and then the next thing you know they're putting you in bondage behind it Test it according to the word of God. If you don't know the word, that's why it's important. You got to get into the word of God for yourself. Don't just expect to be intravenously fed when you come to church. Yeah, pastor, just give me some word. <laughs> you got to eat for yourself. Go home and get in the word. And so when you hear something, you say, you know what? That don't sound like that was in the word. Test that spirit. Now, that's not, that's not, that's not having you to have the gift of suspicion for everybody and and try to take everybody through a filter but even when I say something if you don't think that that's consistent with the word go and check it out with the word test the spirits that are operating in those who are teaching and preaching notice that those who are interested in influencing others always seem to have a title for themselves you know, I, I look in the scriptures, you know, Peter is just called Peter. John is called John. Paul is called Paul. When we get ready to influence somebody, we got to pull us a title from somewhere and put it in front of our name. You know, I'm prophetess so-and-so. I'm prophet so-and-so. You know, I'm apostle this and, and I'm, I'm, I'm bishop this and I'm overseer so-and-so. Not they making up names. I heard something the other day. I said no, that's a new one. They're just making up stuff. Why? Because they want you to think that I'm in some level that you've got to receive everything I've said, and therefore, you know, some I'm spiritual advisor Johnson. It was so funny one day. I have a friend that's uh, he's from South Africa, so he's not from around here. And we were at a church one day, and uh, uh, he introduced himself. He says, "I'm I'm Colin." The lady says, "Well, let me." I'm Evangelist Wilson. He said, Oh, wonderful. Your parents named you Evangelist. (laughs) And he was serious. He thought thought that was her name. I said, Hey, let me put, hey, man, everybody got a title, all right? (laughs) Here's what Peter said to the church in 2 Peter chapter 2. He said, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, and they will secretly. Introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who brought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Peter was warning the church, and Paul also did the same thing in Timothy, 1 Timothy 4.1 The Spirit clearly says that in a latter time, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons says it's a spirit, a deceiving spirit and things taught by demons. And the reason for putting, uh, visiting teachers to such a test was that many false prophets, he says, have gone out into the world from here and they've gone out and they have established themselves among the people. And the result is that many who are Christians do not have an understanding of their conviction or the doctrines of the Christian church. I was looking at a survey done by George Barner, who operates a Christian research organization, and he said this, if Jesus were to ask, who do you say I am, the question he famously asked Peter, he would be disappointed at some of the answers he would receive. From us here in America. If he would just ask today, who do you say that I am? Somebody said, well, you're the man upstairs. You're a higher power. Do you hear what they say? We have a higher power. He said varying numbers of Americans embraced a different aspect of biblical worldview thinking. And the survey found this. Four-fifths, or born-again adults... 79% firmly believe that the Bible is inaccurate. Most people at this survey say that there are inaccuracies in the Bible. One quarter of adults, 27%, are convinced that, that Satan is a real force. Only 27% of adults and born again Christians, 40%. Only 40% of the people who say they're born again believe that the devil is real and he's a real force. He ain't showed up at midnight at their house yet. A minority of American adults, 40% are persuaded that Jesus lived a sinless life when he was on earth. Slightly less than two-thirds of the born-again, 62% of born-again believers believe that Jesus led a sinless life. So almost 40% of the people who are born again believe that Jesus was sinning, according to the survey. But the principal doctrine of of the Christian belief is that Jesus was sinless. So somehow over time, the truth of the word of God and the truth of of Jesus Christ has been distorted. And it's not by accident. You're hearing these messages all the time. They're coming through you through the music and the media and movies and talk shows and reality shows. Even the first ladies ain't saved on the first ladies show. Some of them. Don't be no hater, they want to say. I'm just keeping it real. But here's what John said. Divinely loved ones, stop believing every spirit. This is Jerry G. Martin, and thank you once again for joining us as we have brought the word of God to you, and we are hopeful that your life has been enriched and that you have been encouraged. It is such a privilege to come to you, no matter where you are. You may be in your home or your automobile or your place of business. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. Again, that's The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can also join us on our website at LOWCF. Dot O-R-G. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. And as always, I invite you to be our guest at The Light of the World. We meet each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. If you're in Atasca Cedar, Kingwood, Summerwood, Fall Creek, North Houston, Northeast Houston, you're in our neighborhood. Come and be our guest I want to remind you that the Beacon Christian Bookstore is located right here on our campus. Almost every Christian bookstore in our city has closed, but we have an inventory of Bibles, communion supplies, Sunday school books, offering envelopes, study materials, or whatever you might need. Call the Beacon at 281-441-2885. Again, that's 281-441-2885.